Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is episode 273, yeah, there we go, of the Mana Pool, 274. <laughs> I forgot that this thing posted last... Hi! How you doing? I don't even know, man. Uh, I am Chewy, the lead dork, and before I tell you who the rest of these people are, we are brought to you, as always, by CardShark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. Now with a new cart optimizer. Save you lots of money. Yay, money. I'm all about the money. So, we... I don't have any money. That's why I'm all about it. So it's been a while since we actually recorded an episode, it seems. I don't think it's been a while, but it feels like it's been like six months. Almost. Like, has it been two weeks? It hasn't been two weeks, has it? I thought it was. Jesus. We're bad at this game. So, yes, I'm Chewy, the lead dork. And with me, as always, are some other dorks. Dorks. Sound off. Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. We'll see if uh, my audio equipment does not cause the universe to fold onto itself today. And uh, I'm here to talk, and I'm going to talk as lots as my computer will allow me to do. So it's what I'm here for. It's what you love. You know you love it. Uh, and no refunds. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike, the rules guy and the game lore guy. And hopefully I will also get to talk as lots as these other guys will allow me, because we have a very interesting guest here today. Yes, sadly we are not joined by uh, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive and moral compass of the group, because he had another baby! Yeah. He's, so now he's got a 3-3 with Trample, and a 1-1 with Trample, and Evolve, I think is what the forums decided. Yes. Yeah, his, his new child's name is Leighton, and I believe he said Leighton was like... Three pound four four nine pounds three or four ounces. So they just you know is that a lot? Dirt yeah, that's high. Okay. Uh, Dark's kids come in with at least a plus one plus one counter on them. So they have a ball. Wait, no, that's not. Well, yeah, they have grabbed. Yeah, they have, that would no, because then they're gonna give it away. You don't want a gross. baby to have. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> well, the of, belly button thing's gonna fall off, right? That counts. Yeah. Then you can use that as a plus one plus one counter while you're playing magic, and that's really gross. But instead of a moral compass, we decided to go the exact opposite way, <laughs> and we're we're joined by uh, a man with way too many hats. It's like he plays Team Fortress or something. Uh, it's it's Adam Staborski. Hi, Adam. I would normally take exception to something that could be considered an insult, but I will readily admit I am not the most morally straight person. I am terrible, and I am awful, and I love it. <laughs> and that's that's why we love him, actually. <laughs> so in case anyone is just uh, joining the party, or for those in the cheap seats, who are you again? Well, I guess we'll start naming the hats. Um, I am the former writer uh, for Serious Fun at Daily MTG, and now the current writer of the new column Command Tower, uh, Featuring moving from the you know the the former nebulous everything that's casual and cool fun and now they they've agreed to pay me to write exclusively about the only thing I actually want to write about commander and uh, uh, I'll talk a little bit about that later but um it, it's it's a it's a pretty cool column and I'm excited to do that I am also the content manager for GatheringMagic.com um, your number one source for Magic Gatherings news and articles and it um. It's something I've been doing for for a little over a year. Um, I guess maybe I mean almost a year. Yeah, a year and like a quarter, I guess, um, if you go by business uh, planning. 
Um, and that's, uh, you know, seven days a week, content, news, articles, everything like that going up. Um, we added podcasts recently. They're cool. Yeah, but not, not, the, not the best podcast because, you know, we're still here. I'm aware of that. Okay, I'm just saying. I was letting the <laughs> listeners know because they didn't miss anything. <laughs> I'm not allowed to uh, to swear a lot, so I can't really call your podcast the best. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not sorry at all. Um, <laughs> but the um, uh, the yeah, the the other hats I wear is um, uh, in addition to to doing the 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 cool stuff for gathering magic and traveling to some events, going to pro tours to do coverage, things like that. Uh, I also work a full-time job, uh, Geico Marketing, you know, 50% could save you 50% or more on your car insurance. And I also have a uh, family, and we have a one-year-old. She's turning one, like, next week. I have a sapperling, I guess. Congratulations. I didn't have it. My wife did. I didn't have to work that hard either. It was pretty easy. Yeah, you have a, what did, what did you, you call her? A stiblet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's disgusting. I like to use the term tyrant, but apparently that's not endearing. So just wait until it's time to turn two. Oh, that's uh, that's fun. <laughs> that's not fun. Oh, Sam's such a sweetheart. I feel I feel like there's like this like that meme like I know that feel, bro. Like we're embracing <laughs> over the internet. Yes. I mean, Dirk, Dirk can't be here to provide his fatherly wisdom, uh, such as it were, and now he's twice the father I am, so I guess <laughs> we'll just have to make up for it. That's okay, Brian. You, you'll gain weight. It'll be fine. You know, I'm not comfortable with by measuring um, like degrees of fatherhood by number of children, because that would imply like the Amish are like the biggest, best fathers ever. Are they not? I they have you ever met a bad Amish father? <laughs> Have yes. you ever met an Amish? Yes, I have. <laughs> wow. It's not and hard. You, you, sir, are more worldly than I. They, they, happen to, they happen to hold some views I'm not particularly, uh, you know, inclined to agree with. I was flipping through the channels the other day, and I came across a show called Amish Mafia. <laughs> and I'm like, how Sorry. can that be a real thing? And according to at least the Discovery Channel, it is a real thing. So... Yeah, I guess I can believe that after all. I'm pretty sure the Discovery Channel needs to be renamed to something else. <laughs> you, you mean like how TLC, the Learning Channel, is the home of Honey Boo Boo? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, I feel dirty channel, for saying that out loud. No. And the History Channel is now like every show is about aliens, and it's history. So Like historical aliens, so it's fine. Clearly. Well, the Egyptians <laughs> are aliens. We all know that. Yeah, I mean, duh. And there were, in fact, aliens at the first Thanksgiving. Is this a South Park reference coming out of Brian? Maybe. <laughs> Man. So, Mr. Staborski, sir, uh, you, yeah, you were on the only file from GP Charlotte that I've posted this far. You were actually the first three questions of the weekend. <laughs> and then you, you came by while we were wrapping up, but that hasn't been posted yet because reasons. So, I'm working on that. So, we actually just got to see you relatively recently, uh, the three of us. Dirk wasn't there, and Dirk's not here, so it's weird how things work out, because you didn't like Dirk anyway, did you? Don't lie. Don't lie. My lawyers advised me to not have a comment. Fair enough. Those are some good lawyers. Are they hiring? (laughs) (laughs) 
Huh. I've also been advised to answer no comment. Ah, oh. <laughs> better lawyers than me. So how is uh how's the text coverage treating you? Since that's the hat you were wearing la- the last time I saw you. <laughs> you. You mean what was it like to come back to my first to my first full time? Oh yeah, that, that's another hat that I wear. Is I'm, I'm doing text coverage for Daily MTG for some Grand Prix. Um, yeah, so my first my first gig back, my first you know just me and Steve Saden, awesome guy. Uh, he was the um, you know the content manager editor at Star City Games for a while. Really sharp guy. Um, so it's just him and I. And I felt like we were against the world because it's you know we were at the largest Grand Prix ever. Um, <laughs> not expected. And so I I was on site 3:30 p.m. until shortly after midnight Friday. I was back on site around 8:30. I was on site until after midnight, and then I was on site again Sunday. Um, like I want to say 8 8 a.m. or so until just before midnight. That was that was what it was like to work that weekend. <laughs> I, I saw I saw sunlight I think twice. And even then remember, it was Charlotte sunlight, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, I remember one of the times we tried to talk to you. You you had that that look on your face that that look that says there are so many things I need to be doing that I don't want to do. And if I didn't like you so much, I would end this conversation by stabbing you in the kidney and walking away. You had that look on your face. <laughs> and it was pretty awesome. For those that don't know, Adam has a very expressive face. <laughs> I like I like the stab kidneys. There's nothing there's nothing that wrong with it. <laughs> right? No, no, of course not. That's right. Um, Nobody actually no. needs their kidneys. I, everybody has an extra one. Like everybody's like all greedy. Like I oh, hope I need kidneys, and everybody's like, oh, I got two. I can't share with you. You know, it's like just give one up. Like everybody can spare one. You know, it's like liver. Like you can hack off a piece of your liver. Like donate that too. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. You that can problem. send those to dorks at themanapool dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody emails you like a chunk of liver. <laughs> that would be amazing. No, the um, what what made Charlotte really uh. Uh, kind of really nice is um I you know I kind of have two stories from Charlotte. One is um you know it's like it's like midday Sunday and and Steve and I have been pounding at it and all of a sudden you know Steve answers his phone and he's talking to it and he just hands me his phone and I'm like what what's going on uh, and it's um you know Pro Tour historian uh, Pro Tour commentator extraordinaire um, the man the myth the legend Brian David Marshall. And basically he kind of gives me like a quick pep talk and tells me, you know, I should, I should take at least a couple minutes to just take a break, like leave the, leave the venue, step outside, just clear it because the, the thing is, is you, you run through all the rounds on Sunday, but then you have the top eight, which is like adding, you know, another half day. Mm-hmm. Plus there's all the wrap up and, and, you know, the kind of the, the, the culminating writing, you know, the top five cards and all the other cool things that, that go into the, to the ending. The end cap. Um, so, so even when all the players and everything are done, you still have a ton of writing to do. Um, and so it was, you know, I took his advice. I went out, just got myself lunch. I mean, it was like a 30, 40 minute break. I mean, we're not talking, we're not even talking a full round. I was out, out of the venue. Um, but I just stepped outside and got refreshed and I saw the sunlight and it was warm and sunny and realized, hey, sure, let's not just rain. And, um, it was good. Uh, it was definitely, definitely worth it. And, and, uh, you know, it was good to hear from from somebody I really respect that that uh, he noticed that we were doing a good job that weekend. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, kind of talking with Steve, and we're walking back. Um, 
and uh, you, you know he's he's in good spirits, and you know he you know he's done a lot of these events, and it's easy to get ground down by it. Um, so fortunately, um, you know we felt we felt pretty good after it was all said and done. But we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. There's and we problem. left the venue at quarter of midnight. <laughs> and we get there at five of midnight, and we step in, and they're getting ready to shut down. But we're like, okay, great, they're going to seat us. We find out that that it's midnight now. 15 minutes earlier, that is the time we, we, we finished at the venue and we were just, just leaving. That's when they cut off, uh, serving alcohol. So, Ooh. you know, all we huh. wanted after basically working 24 hours or no, like, like 30 hours at a, at a Grand Prix over two days was a cold beer and we were denied. <laughs> yeah, we, we went to that Buffalo Wild Wings twice and that was probably not a good choice just for anybody ever. I had four meals there that weekend. Ooh. <laughs> but um, but all, all, all said, Charlotte was Charlotte was a really good time. I mean, it was um, it was pretty cool to kind of like be there uh, for for the beginning of s- Saturday when it was just absolutely full, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just it was just really incredible to to see that many players out. You know, like um, you, unless you go to a big event like that, you don't get a really uh, a chance to kind of get get a grip of the volume just the number of people that are in the game. And on a rainy weekend in Podunk, Charlotte, U.S., you know, nearly, you know, you know at least 3,000 players, because not everybody came to play, plus you have the staff and judges. So 3,000 people piled into a room for Magic, and that's pretty awesome. It was. Like, uh, at GB Pittsburgh, which was a pretty sizable still, it, there was what, there were 1,600, 1,700 I, I thought the number was seventeen hundred that was floating around. Yeah, seven seventeen twenty something, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, my boy JT, who is uh, cyberpunk otaku on our forums, he showed up because he lives in Pittsburgh. He showed up to come say hi and take me to Primani Brothers because I'd never been to Primani Brothers because I'm lame. And wait, wait. he was what? Just wonder, can we not talk about the food in Pittsburgh? Because that's all I was looking forward to. That's why I love to travel is food. So not going to all the Pittsburgh staples that I've yet to go to for food is like killing me. Like I feel like I died. On please, the- please don't. But that, that's all I was gonna say. But <laughs> about the food anyway, the concession stand was not good. But uh, he was he sent me a message. He's like, "You're doing oh, here." Stibbs, you missed the concession stand. Damn. Oh yeah, it was bad. But. <laughs> Uh, he's like, hey, yo, dude, I'm here. So I went up to the, the doors and I found him and he's standing there with his arms crossed and, and one hand on his chin and he goes, is it bad that my first reaction is to look at this and go, Psh, this is pathetic. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's terrible, dude. There's like 2,000 people in this room. He's like, that's nothing. <laughs> Dang it, man. Are they even trying? <laughs> well, they have an excuse because PAX East was just... uh at the same time, so nah, oh. eh. but yeah, yeah, the three thousand people to be my first real magic event because Charleston was good, but it was miserably under uh, attended. Like we had <laughs> Charlotte had the uh, that win a plane ticket or whatever standard tournament that was the size of GP Charlotte or Charleston rather. Like damn, it was impressive. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, what else you got, Stibbs? My lawyers advise me to say no comment. <laughs> so, how long did you write series fun? Since I'll handle the segues here. <laughs> uh, 
I wrote Serious Fun um, a little over three years. I, uh, I joined in, started uh, basically the beginning of November 2009. Um, Lorthos, the Tide Maker, was uh, was was the the hot commander card. Huh. Henry <laughs> um, Kraken, baby. I sort of remember him. Well, I guess uh, since we are, since Chewie is trying and failing to segue, um, <laughs> since since what you're doing is you're going from a column that is specifically about, or, or more broadly about multiplayer and about, or or generally just about having fun with magic and going to the more specific command tower, which is about, unless I'm poorly mistaken, commander, um, we in, in our own group have noticed that over the last couple of years, at least the last two years, when we get together, it's more and more games of Commander. We tend to build less 60-card decks. Um, and while it still happens, it's it's more of the rarity. Um, and that's just been our own group. I haven't taken a, a survey, but that's kind of been the direction we've been going in. As a whole, I have noticed more and more support for Commander from the community, both through uh, Wizards and through, you know, content on Star City and those sorts of websites. Uh, what do you think it is about Commander versus multiplayer in general that draws so many people to it? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think, to be clear, I, I think general multiplayer is just so vague and undefined. It's not really comparable to something like a very specific format, you know, like Commander. Mm-hmm. Like, like Commander, Commander is general multiplayer. So is you know Star Star Draft. Yeah, you, that, you know, it's just you know, it's, it's having having those opponents, having multiple opponents that you need to dispatch is, is multiplayer. And I think I think that that's it, it's very different from the dual environment. And I think it serves you know generally a very different type of audience. You know, it's it's much more difficult, although still very possible as we're all aware, to, to min max in general multiplayer as compared to a duel. Yeah, um, I, that that that's completely yeah. my fault, and you're exactly correct. Perhaps <laughs> I should. Perhaps, no, no, he's right. Um, perhaps I should phrase it as this: What is it about Commander specifically that sets it apart from all other types of multiplayer? Huh. Yeah, and I, I, I totally understood where you're going. Yeah, but but no, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. So what what I really think makes Commander different is 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 what makes Magic so compelling in of itself, and and I kind of. I kind of nudge at it in different places, but you know, I, I, you know, kind of, kind of to put it out there is, is when I'm when I'm speaking on daily MTG, right? They they trust me to say good things and to have good judgment in what I send through. Now they have a you know trick, you know, trick Jarrett, um, you know, is certainly kind of giving editorial oversight, and you know, if I were to ever try to say something really dumb, they would probably catch it. That's that's what they're supposed to do, but you know, I'm very careful not to. Attempt to say something in a way that 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 kind of becomes a focal point of of this is how it is. You know, I don't work for wizards and I don't define. I'm not on the commander rules committee. I'm not. You know, I, I don't I don't create the rules. I'm not a playtester. Right. You know, right. I have a very much an outsider's perspective, and so I, I you know I, I tend to be pretty reserved about what what I really state as like the truth with a capital T, if you want to put it that way, of of formats. Um, you know, you know, here I'll be a little more frank. I think. I think Commander is is honestly one of the ideal formats in Magic, because what it does is what makes Magic so cool is that of you have all these cards to choose from, all these different things you can do with them, but you define what you want to do. You choose, and whether that's min max and find a way to defeat your opponent as quickly and efficiently and 
uh, and, and consistently as possible, or you want to do something that's just as different as possible from everyone else, and it doesn't matter whether it's successful or not. You know, you you, know, you get to define what it means to be a player. Commander is a format that encapsulates the the idea of of defining what what it is you want. You get to choose, you know, not, you know, in a 60 card deck, if you want, if you run multiples, you know, three ofs, four ofs for the most part, you have a pretty narrow selection of cards. You're looking at maybe a dozen or dozen or a dozen and changing cards that are actually unique and different from each other. Mm-hmm. In Commander, you have to have, you know, like 50 different cards, 60 different cards, each unique. You, you have this, this opportunity to play into a theme and you build around, you know, this creature that you either identify with with or you find really useful or it's kind of like the center pin you know whatever whatever you need to have as your commander it exists and you can choose it and then you have this diversity of just this really cool depth of you know uh the, the idea of pet cards and commander uh, you know I, I i understand why people put it that way but i think it's just some people like to express themselves like when you're playing magic what however you play it you generally express yourself in some way and i think commander is just that primal how you choose to define yourself and how you want to represent yourself, it gives you such a depth and diversity to do it that, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's clear why it should resonate with so many players. You know, like I, like I love to build new commander decks constantly and test out new cards. And the common theme between all my commander decks is, is generally I'm playing for a relatively fair game. I'm not intentionally adding in all of these combos. Um, to to kind of decimate the game, but what I do mm-hmm. try to do is find cool, different, unique cards and have a very consistent theme that comes through in each deck, and that that really kind of speaks to how I am. Is is I like to have this consistency, this pattern, this you know what when I want to do something, I want it to work the same way each time, and it doesn't matter whether it's you know even without tutors with a with a 99 card deck, I generally have a deck that plays out the same way each time. And it's fair and it's consistent and it interacts in a way that I want to interact and it works well with, with almost any range of decks that I can interact with. And, you know, it's just all of these different avenues, all these different slices of magic I can talk about get rolled up and I can incorporate all of them into one format with one deck. Holy crap. <laughs> that's awesome. No, seriously, I, I think that's great. I think that I, I agree with most, if not all, that completely. Um, and it's great how you're able to express yourself that way. And almost how the selection of the commander in and of itself is, is an expression right from the start. And you can say, like you said, well, this is one I identify with. Or you can say, this is the one that allows me to do the things I want to do. Um, and it's almost it's it's a great way of expressing yourself as a person, as a magic player. So, cool. I find personally, this is not the only reason why I play. I may have discussed this with Mike, I can't remember. But, you know, we had gotten into various discussions about, well, why is this the format of choice right now? I think one of the nice things about it, for people with larger collections who don't necessarily have all the power cards, but have been playing for a while and have accumulated some cards, is it's kind of nice. When I sit down to build a 60-card deck... I kind of want, you know, four of this and three of that. Uh, and, you know, one of are fine, especially if that's the point of the deck. But usually if I'm exploring something like when I built the um, the the deck I call the Age of Empires deck, which is all the Empires uh, artifacts from M12. And these guys will tell you it actually works more often than not. Um, it I'm, is brutally crushing. 
we, they played an arch enemy game against it, and the three of them and lost horribly. But you know that's arch enemy. Um, but th- to build that deck with anything less than a set of each of those can be done. But it wasn't what I wanted. With Commander, it's easy to go through my binder and go, oh, I've got one of this really cool card. I can put it in there. I've got one or two of this really cool card. I didn't realize I had two of this. This one can go in here. This one can go in here. Without having to worry about getting play sets of everything. Um, and that's just my observation. Uh, do you think that's that appeals to other players as well? Or do you think that's, that's more of just like a side note? I, I mean, I, I think it totally plays into the format. Um, y- you know, the... the you kind of touched on a bunch of different angles there. You know, the the cost efficiency, that is, I don't need a play set, um, it, you mm-hmm. know, is is very relevant for uh-huh. uh, players. You know, I'm, I'm highly, highly invested. Probably most of you guys are highly invested. I mean, we're all together recording mm-hmm. a podcast about this game. You know, that our level of investment is pretty high. Yeah. It takes a lot to do that. But, you know, for, for a lot of other players, Magic is just a cool game that they play. And they don't always keep up on all the latest sets. And sometimes it's their buddies, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll bring out my Magic cards when I come down and visit you again. You know, it, it's you know it's not – it's kind of like the stereotypical casual player, um, you know, but, but it's just how they engage the game. And so when they don't have to have – Four of all of these different very strong cards that are probably a little pricey on the secondary market and difficult to get out of the packs, which are also pretty pricey when you're buying them individually. You know, it, it makes it pretty appealing to to build. Um, you know, the the downside is you know having a 99 card deck makes it difficult to blow it out. But you know, if you're if you're 10 cards short, just finding 10 random cards that kind of work and throwing them in doesn't really throw a wrench in your deck as bad as not having three play sets, you know, you can't build an Empire's deck if you don't have, you know, at least a play set of each of them. Yeah, you can at least put together a, a, a commander deck without, you know, every staple that you want. Um, the, Absolutely. The, that, um, yeah, I, go ahead. I think that, that it plays into is um, uh, having the coolest version of a card is something a lot of players get into. I, I kind of do that. Like, I like to have a foil version of cards because I have what I call my commander box, which is just literally pre-sorted, you know, pre-selected cards that just are generally good cards or cards that I like or cards that are cool. Um, and I try to get, like, a cool foil version. I try to get them signed. And, you know, I, I'm okay with, like, a Russian, like, uh, I have a buddy who has a Russian um, foil, Russian, uh, um, the angel from Guild Pact, the black-white angel that comes in and blows up. You know, the, the, uh, yeah, angel of, I despair. see it. Yeah, yeah, angel of despair. Oh. Yeah. And I'm seriously considering trading for this card, even though it's, you know, it's 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 ridiculously priced on the single market. I, you know, it's really hard to find, really hard to track down. Yeah, I get that it's kind of rare to find that specific card with that specific language in that specific, um, you know, condition, premium version. But you know, I like the idea of having the coolest card in my deck because I'm only going to play one card, so why not make it a cool one? You know, and that and that type of you know that whether you call it pimping or just foiling out your deck or or you know the you know like if you you know if like it extends to everything like like for the basic lands I'm I I collect very specifically the one of the first Arena Saga promo lands where they were all a foil version of one of the lands printed in Urza Saga. Nice. And those are the ones that I like, and I just really like them. And so those are the ones I try to use for all my basic lands for Commander. You know, it's like, it, it lets me, it's a further, it's another angle of expressing myself, and it's very specific, and it's a very cool way to do it, because all the, all the cards are different and unique, and now I get a more unique, different version of those different unique cards. 
Huh. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of other people like it that way too. Yeah, there, there, there is. It's, it's not just because they're cool to have, but it's also cool when someone else notices and and says something. When someone else notices and says, "Oh man, that's awesome," you know, when they see you know the this you know nice uh, alpha copy of this common that you wanted in your deck or some um, FNM promo or, or arena promo of something. It, it it is nice to have that little ego boost <laughs> when someone says something. Huh. Maybe that's why I don't go for pimping or, or foiling out or the special versions or anything like that, because my ego is freaking big enough. <laughs> yeah, you don't really need the help. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> I got to take whatever I can get, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sad. So, so what exactly, what's, what, I've heard you mention, or seen you mention, or imagined you mentioning, uh, Adam, Something about how the command tower is not going to be just serious fun, but in a commander direction. So, do you care to give us any hints as to what you mean by that? But my lawyers advise that I could answer that question. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, so kind of, you know, in, in my run on serious fun, I kind of took took the took the path that Kelly Diggs had started charting and kind of ran with it. You know, it's just, you know, fun does not mean. Fun, fun doesn't mean I don't focus on winning. Fun means that I do what I want to do, and if that leads me to winning, great. If I happen to lose, that's also great, as long as I'm getting a chance to do what I want to do. And, um, you know, the, that plays totally into how other people play and being respectful, and there's the whole meta of being socially cognizant that not everybody plays the same way, and maybe you need to recognize that and talk about it. And, you know, it's, it's very much this, Kind of this general, you know, you know, having fun means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, for commander, commander is not well. Commander is a lot of a lot of things to a lot of different people, but it's much more defined and rigid. And it's very clear what the commander rules committee really believes in commander and projects and um, tries to instill in the community. And so, what what I decided to do with command power is not just kind of take what I do with serious fun and kind of do kind of like. Um, Game, re- you know, game recaps with new formats and twists and very much an exploratory approach. What, what I wanted to do instead was find a way to kind of bring together all of the different, you know, lots, not all of them, it's impossible to do that, but many of the different views in the community and kind of be a focal point for having this, this cool discussion about what are the things that we see in Commander and, and make it um, as inclusive as possible and, and how that how I, how I mean to execute that, um, I'm turning into business talk here, is uh, <laughs> hey. you have a strategic plan and this is how we're going to execute it. You know, Next slide. Um, <laughs> it's, it's what, what I do is I have several different tropes, different, different article types, um, and this will, you guys will see this uh, you know, on Thursday, um, you know, but, but several different article types where basically I'm saying, look, you know, I have a perspective, I have an opinion, I have something where these are the cards that I look at and see and think of, but there's so much depth, so much creativity, so much diversity in in how people experience and think about putting together the commander decks that it's not fair for me to just to say, this is a perspective that you should take. What I really want to do is say, give you and say, you know, 
uh, one one article type is kind of aggregating um, different different lists of cards, saying what are the you know when I say black removal, what are the six cards that you you want to have or that you think are black removal, and you know or or what are what are the six cards, what are the six lands that you just love in any deck, or that you love in your blue decks. You can take any prompt that you want and get these little mini lists of cards. And what I can do with that is show that there's, you know, there's a whole diversity of different, different items that go into that, that topic and many different angles to attack that idea. And by building these little modules, eventually I'll be able to assemble decks from them and just have like this cool, basically community type deck where, you know, kind of like a Chinese menu, choose A, B, C, D, E from these different articles and you have a deck. That's racist. There are things. <laughs> <laughs> you mean? Wait, did you guys hear him go weird there for a second too? Yeah, I did. Say okay. that one more time. And no, that's not racist. The way he said that. Well, no, no, that's just one of my standard responses. No, yeah. I mean when you said when you said that he went weird. That's oh. not a remark on <laughs> authenticity or anything. Yeah, your audio went bizarre there for a second, Adam. What was your response to that? My bad. I didn't have a response. I was just exclaiming that that wasn't racist. Oh, okay. I can I can cite Mark Rosewater. He puts it in his articles. Chinese the design tool um, <laughs> for multicolor. I remember this. He does. Yeah. Well, that sounds that sounds really cool. You said it's coming out on Thursdays. It is. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is is there other there are other prompts too? Like, you know what? Um, you know, I I could ask a question like like why um. You know, what is the most important feature about, about, what's the most important thing about choosing a commander? Mm-hmm. I have a hundred words and I collect, you know, a dozen different responses and kind of pull together this very diverse view where, where a bunch of different views are, you know, your commander should enable your deck, your commander should represent, um, you know, should, should be the, the flavorful leader of, of this, of, of your deck. It should exemplify what you, what your goals are. It should, you know, it should reflect who you are and what you want to play the game as. You know, there, there are all these different answers and they're all correct. And that's kind of the eventual goal is that, you know, there is no one true commander, um, experience, but there are a lot of different correct views that all sometimes compete and pull and push against each other and it's really about trying to trying to cover as many different as many different angles of the commander experience in a way where everyone can can kind of pick up and grow and and take things away from it wow that sounds very ambitious so but best of luck on that that sounds like it will be very very interesting i will follow it with abandon and vigor and I was, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the tricky part is that it's going to take time to get the ball rolling. And, you know, I, I obviously couldn't get prompts and feedback going before I explain what prompts and feedback and everything will be going into. Sure. It, 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 until I start to pull together this feedback and incorporating it into, um, into an article. Um, but, but my, my belief, and, and this is based on, uh, the column that the series on, the articles at Serious Fun Columns, uh, when I asked everybody to put together a Krenko commander deck. You get uh-huh. uh, and, and basically I, I collated uh, and sorted together all of the decks to build you know, uh, basically the average Krenko deck. Mm-hmm. Oh, pulling a Frank Carson. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I mean, full-blown out Frank Carson's type because you know, you know what? Not everybody finds advanced analytics the most interesting thing in the world. I do. I'm a cool 
cool, fun, easygoing column about but um Okay, hey hey Adam, before you keep going, we're we're gonna have to fix whatever is going on over there. You're cutting in and out something fierce. Like crazy. Oh. Is that better now? It's it's this it's this really uh sudden fade out that'll happen at it, it's like you're going to very commercial or something. Did it happen again? Well it's now been happening sound... on and off. Yeah. For the last now, couple minutes. Yeah. So what the last couple of times when you've said something, you actually sound okay. Yeah, I, you know, my microphone, my headset's a little old, so it's probably, like, a loose or wearing out connection, so... Uh, I speak. Like so. that, it happened right then. Did you move your head or something? <laughs> wiggled my head ever so slightly. It uh. does. <laughs> <laughs> sitting as still as possible. That way it might work. Hey, Mike, what's the time on uh, the recording? Da, 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 da. I have 38 minutes. I think we caught most of it. Um, talking about the making what you said was like the average Cranko deck and then kind of using that. Um, I would say, you know, that it may, it may take a while to get going, but if you want to look like, you know, at, um, I'm thinking specifically of Gavin, Gavin's new deck. Well, not Gavin's new column. He's actually been doing it for a while. It still feels kind of new to me, but where he, um, yeah, where he asks for the reader's submissions and then, you know, he asks for them like two weeks ahead of time or a week and a half, a week and a half ahead of time and then pulls them. And that also took a while to get going because he needed to start having people send things in. In the meantime, he, he did some other material, but, um, that's now one of my favorite columns on the mothership too. So I think the ones where you get the feedback, where you get the response from people in the community, um, have an inherent interest in them because we can. It's almost like we're helping you create it. So I think I think um, I think this sounds like it'll be really good. So I like it. You have this Ryan stamp of approval. And that's important. I know you were going for that. That's true. You can actually take that to the bank. They'll look at you funny, um, but you might save some money in your car insurance, so you never know. <laughs> if you actually do get to save money in your car insurance, please let me know. That would be great. So now what? Um, well, we've got the other news to do. Um, well, it was actually meant, meant that for Stibbs, so now what? Oh, oh so, so now respond to my column? Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to remember to do that. <laughs> you know, check out, check out the kind of the the, the intercolumn framing it out. There there's some other things in there like meet the meet the committee and some other things that I'm, um, y- you know what what I really want to do is is um and I and I do credit Gavin and the constructed um, idea in, in my in my in my first article too. Um, yeah, you know, I, mm-hmm. I appreciated what what he kind of laid out and and how he was about it. Um, you know, I kind of have I'm kind of flipping that on its head and and. Not re, re you know redoing or, or updating what other people do, but kind of pulling it together as you know all correct thing. Sure. I think we just lost him. Yeah. Well, this seems like a good time to uh, take a quick break while we figure out what the hell just happened to Stibbs. So. Can you hear me? Nah, barely. Oh, there we go. Oh, there Somebody stop removing fading counters. Yeah, really. We'll tell you what. We're gonna take a quick break anyway, so that we can figure out what's going on in Stibbs and. Uh, I think, yeah, we're going to go epic because we got Stibbs here. So uh, I'm going to play 
a bit of Requiem for a Tower by Clint Mansell, which is the most epic music ever to be written ever, epic ever. Holy crap. And we will be right back. Most epic music ever. Yes. Even though Brian's sick of it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not sick of it. It's just, uh, it, it, get, it gets used a, a lot, but not by us. So we're cutting edge and cool and retro at the same time. Yeah, we are. It's Requiem for a Command Tower. Okay. I'm sorry. So, those were my fingers. Should we get to all this other nonsense we have to talk about since we haven't recorded in like six months? Probably. Yeah. So, first up, they've announced and demoed uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers 2014. That's, uh... I'm still not done with 2013. What the hell? When does this crap come out? <laughs> Probably after Dragon's Maze? It's usually in the summer, right? Yeah, because because yeah, last year they had the promos where you when you purchased it, you got either the Sarah Avatar or... Um, the other things I didn't care about, uh, <laughs> like the the vampire va- vampire Nocturnus over the Hydra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, and yeah, that, yeah. that was what like a month or so before, may, month to at least a couple weeks before M12 M13 M13 came out. So. Uh yeah. See, I I was looking at it. I'm pretty sure it was part of the Xbox Live Summer of Arcade last year, which they do every summer. Mhm. So. We all got there just by different roads. But uh, the achievement list has been found or leaked or invented or somebody lied. And uh, it looks like they might have figured out how to work some sealed into it. And I'm curious as to how that'll work. That's cool. That's something. Maybe, maybe it'll be like a, a um, an encounter or something where, every, you know, when you're going along the path, you have to... Or it'll be like a challenge where instead of a puzzle, it'll be like choose one of these cards and then it'll be like inserted into your deck or something. I don't know. I haven't seen the list. Where's the link? Uh, it's just a, a list of uh, okay, uh, the Steam achievements here. Try right. where's the chat? It's right there. And the second one is win a sealed game. I was like, what? 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 So I don't know. If Maybe you're right. actually glued into a wooden box dur- for the duration of the match. Oh, now that that I could see, yeah. Sealed there's another in a box. there's another achievement that says complete the sealed campaign. So, Ooh. so it's a separate campaign tree, kind of like um, uh, arch enemy plane chase were and oh, two headed yeah. giant. Yeah, that's cool. But that would be cool. I was about to say that sealed is something that for a while. Um, that's what I would do the most on the old uh, MicroProse computer game, sealed this, over and over and over again. This, this, if this list is to be believed, which you know I reserve all everything until whatever. Yes. Uh, Since it's a video game, we're we're gonna bother with unofficial spoilers, unlike usual. Um, 
Number six says complete the sealed campaign. Which Mike just pointed out like a second ago. I'm five seconds behind. And now I'm ten <laughs> seconds behind. You even responded to my comment. I, at least I thought you did. Maybe you were just you were maybe wrong. You were talking about something completely different and just got Possibly. Like, sounded. I love you, Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but there's the one with the campaign. <laughs> I love you, Mike. I love you guys. <clears throat> so there, there's that again. I'm going to keep saying that until it, I stop laughing. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Oh, it even says on the thing here, announcing Magic 2014 new play mode. Whoops. Shouldn't let Steam achievements get out. Uh, Dragons may... No, not, let's not do that yet. What's today's thing? Here, a new dual decks. There we go. Yes. Uh, a new dual decks. Heroes versus monsters was announced today, and that's pretty awesome. It's going to have six preview cards from the new uh, Magic set Theros, and we're doing this in completely the wrong order. So we haven't talked about that. Theros, is that right? Theros. As far as I can tell. Theros. Yeah. We we need to mention that first. Yeah. But it comes out September 6th, and all we know is Heroes vs. Monsters, and uh, Vexing Devil on the forums pointed out that it looks sort of like, the, the symbol looks sort of like a well-endowed man wearing chaps. So, thanks there, VD. Now I can't not see that. Appreciate uh... you. And now none of you can either. Hmm. And Stibbs has nothing to say I... about the well-endowed man wearing chaps. I, I don't understand why this is a problem. <laughs> We didn't say it's a... Oh. The implication of discomfort... I mean, the, 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 the expression of discomfort implies that there is a problem with a well-endowed man wearing chaps. I, I'm not sure that that's problematic. Clearly, I don't ever wear chaps, so... <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh. I was going to say, Brian doesn't want everyone telling all his secrets. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so... That's that. But six preview cards from what? Well, it's called Theros. What's that? It's the name of the new block and the first set in the new block. Theros. And unlike usual, they actually gave us the name of all three sets. So it's Theros and then Born of the Gods, and then Journey into Nyx, N-Y-X. I thought this was really interesting that they went ahead and gave us all the names because usually it's takes a long time and depending on what the set is they you know like with the whole Mirrodin thing. Oh uh, yeah, Mirrodin here. They, it's not revealed until you know much closer to the actual date, <laughs> or um, even just like with Dragon's Maze, uh, they released the name of Return to Ravnica and then I think Gate Crash was released fairly soon after that. But Dragon's Maze wasn't until late last year, maybe early this year, like January. So, so they were like, so interesting that they've given us all of them. It looks like I've heard a lot of comments saying that it is, and I think this is just speculation based on the art they've shown us, but um, that it is kind of like Kamigawa where they took the Asian feel and incorporated into Magic Card's Asian philosophy and mythology, that this is supposed to be Greek and Roman, uh, Middle Eastern type of things, and I think that does look like a Zeus-type uh, 
person with a big spear. But I don't really know that it's... I don't think it's coming from any sort of official source. I think it's, you know, magic players looking at it and immediately trying to discern as much piece of information from one piece of of art as they possibly can. Well, now, also, Born of the Gods is sort of a dead giveaway. Yeah. yeah and then that's, someone that's did say... Someone did say something about Nyx is is um, the Greek word for night, uh, and it, I haven't, I don't, I'm not Greek. It's all Greek to me. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. Um, but I, I, I guess <laughs> I guess that's right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, but then I left Lefty and ask him. Uh, yeah, let me get right on that. And then. Um, if we go back to today's Arcana, where they announce, you know, uh, heroes versus monsters, starting with um, last year, Return to Ramnica, they planned the dual decks to start coinciding with the release of the new sets, such that the fall dual deck would give you a sense of what was coming. That's why we got Is It versus Golgari, and you got the new cards, including. Uh, Jared Golgari Lichlord and the Dreg Mangler and some of those. So, especially given the given the release, given the fact that it's got six preview cards from the new set, this tells us something about where the new set is going. And um, you know, heroes versus monsters. Is it? Are we going straight to um, classic idioms of good versus evil? Because, I, you know, Heroes versus Monsters is so general. You look back to Innistrad, it's basically humans versus monsters. Not all the humans are good, but it's kind of, you have that same sort of survival feel. This is le- this to me, from the art, from, from the name of it, is less about survival, like these people trying not to get eaten, and more about champions actually riding out to face some sort of threat. Heroes versus Monsters. So, conflict, good, evil, bad, ah. Now, if Greco-Roman myths were known for anything, they were known for, uh, let's see. Sleeping uh, with people. Sli- yeah, I was going to say rape and, and having sex with things that you shouldn't have sex with, like showers of gold and swans. Zeus, I'm talking to you. And bulls. And bulls, don't forget the bull. But, you know, whatever people want to do is fine with them. You know, whatever. Just don't put it on YouTube. God's sake, don't put it on YouTube. <laughs> They'll take it down. That's why you shouldn't put it on YouTube. But it's known for that and for the heroes and monsters. So yeah. it's it's still it's still tying into the themes that we have absolutely no basis for and yet seem right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Perseus, uh um <laughs> the other uh, the- Theseus. Heraclesius. The- the- Theseus and, and- Philomenicius and Steve something yes. Steve yeah Steve huh Bellerophon Bellerophon isn't he the guy that killed the Chimera yeah you just saw Mission Damn, Impossible too didn't you yeah thank you Tom Cruise I don't think I've ever seen Mission Impossible too and you're better off for it yeah I'm better off for it you know what's on Netflix one three four what's the new one is that four or five I lost track. I think there's only four. Okay, so yeah, one, three, and four on Netflix. You know what two isn't? Because it's terrible. I did it see it once. It was awful. pretty bad. Um, so, I, so yeah, I think that that's tying into that pretty well. So, um, 
at least this year, unlike last year, it's not like, oh, here's Avicen Restored, and here's a set that everybody's more interested in. Oh, my God, we're going back to Ravnica. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Maybe because we're still in Ravnica. People are like, yeah, okay, Theros. Okay, that's awesome. I will say, unless Theros is not the name of the plane, I was wrong. I was betting everybody uh, that because it's Magic's 20th anniversary, and I've talked about this on the show, how I, I was positive that this that the magic set would be going back to Dominaria because we haven't been there since um, Time Spiral. A uh, great way to tie everything together. Um, and I was wrong. So screw you, wizards. I want my money back. <laughs> you got my fifty bucks, buddy. <laughs> I'll have it to you next week. I swear. Yeah. So. That sounds good. Adam, anything to contribute, or are you, you busy know, trying to duck any questions? I know just as much as you guys do about Theros. True, okay. but you're not, you're not chiming in with your random speculation. Yeah, either, so. we're, we're, we're not, we're not asking you to divulge some sort of, I work for write, for, I write for Wizards, some sort of like secret about, about the set or anything, because we know you don't actually work on the set. But just your, your, any reaction you might have as a, as a player, or not have. You know, I, I mean, I want to. I want to say that somewhere, maybe on Tumblr or social media, I believe the Greco-Roman uh, mythology was confirmed that they're borrowing those tropes. I mean, um, I mean, technically speaking, Lorwyn borrowed the the tropes of the of Gaelic lore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, true. and and uh, the 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 um, the English um, kind of the, the the historical cultural English, um, you know, Engleland. Oh yeah. So the. <laughs> Yeah, no, so, no. so so I I think that the idea of going to um to, to to borrow from that type of mythology is is cool. Like I'm, you know I you know when I think of Greek, um you know when I think of Greco-Roman um stories, you know I I don't have this very cultured historical look. Um I I think more of just like Hercules and um. The uh, you know the, the the Troy and the you know the, the very the very very popular stories that have been kind of serialized in in movies that are rebooted every few years like Kevin um, Sorbo yeah I was gonna yeah I think of Kevin know. Sorbo and I think of like literally <laughs> I think of Hercules the series that's what I think of when I think of Greek Rome so Man, so what, what excites me sorry no no I, I sorry I was just gonna say that now I have the theme song running through my head <laughs> it occurs to me that a new generation of Magic players may not have grown up knowing who Lucy Lawless was. Yeah, and like I, they, they're I, like, we, Kevin Sorbo? Who the hell is Kevin Sorbo? It's kind I, of I, a tragic thought. Yeah. That's what the Internet's for. That is what God for the Internet. Um, but what, what, what excites me about it is that is that it's the tropes that are present in kind of Greek tragedy are very... Um, very deep rooted in kind of Western culture that a lot of our stories and things that we do today and a lot of the way we um, try to give words to um, very complex principles and ideas are, are mm-hmm. rooted in that Latin Greek Roman um, Westernism. And uh-huh. so, but you, you know, without getting into, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing in of itself? What, what excites me about it is that the, there's this, you know, there's this potential where really cool understanding and really deep, powerful ways that that we're currently telling stories and currently engaging things can can come through very much like how Innistrad um, kind of really played off of you know the kind of the boogeyman and the very you know trope type um, 
you know, e- you know, creepy doll and the werewolves and vampires that seduce you with power or or sexuality or um, mystique, you know, and curses and witches and and it's all very primal storytelling. And I think that 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 the same principles are, are even richer in Greco-Roman mythology. And um, you know, I, I really I'm I'm really excited for the story. I'm kind of like a closet Orthos guy. Like I have. Like I have art framed on my wall above my desk here. I'm looking at it. Like I really, I really get into it. Um, the other thing is that if is when I think of you know, you know the Greek tragedies and the stories of all the heroes is like I feel like it's a really cool opportunity for more legendary creatures. So, <laughs> like give me, give me my heroes, give me my demigods that have these incredible powers. And it's like makes sense because he's a demigod. Like oh, of course he's like as strong as like as a, as a god as his dad was. Sure. You know, like, like it's very easy to kind of gloss over why these people are so, or why these characters are so empowered, and it's just they are because that's what they do. They are empowered because that's what they they are by birthright. So they do cool shit. I actually, I, I, no, <laughs> I think that I think that's actually really insightful as far as what you said about how that feeds into Western culture. And it's funny the that what you said there plus what you said um, toward the end about. Uh, how, you know, there's really no question why are they so strong? Well, because they're related to gods, or, you know, they slept with that god, or whatever. Um, but that, that, those two ideas kind of merged in my head as an example of Lee, and um, what's his name? Uh, Spider-Man. Um, Peter Lee. Parker? Uh, no. Stanley. Uh, Stanley. And <laughs> I heard an interview by him one time, and he was talking about the X-Men, and he said, you know, I really wanted to create all these characters with all these fantastic abilities, and I just thought I can't have everybody bitten by a radioactive spider. At a certain point, it just it gets to be too tiresome. So he came up with the concept of mutants, and all of a sudden he had this thing where it's a great tool because well, why does this person have wings, or why is this one big and blue and furry, or why can this one teleport or shoot fireworks? Because they're a mutant. All right. And then not only does that work, but then you can bring in all these other concepts of racism, of of intolerance, and so many of these concepts that actually are we're talking about in the comic book setting, in the Western setting, go back a little bit to Greco-Roman and 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 these those mythological figures. So we've got the mythological figures of old and the mythological figures of the modern age and the way they actually mesh together is kind of interesting. So, yeah. I find that really funny that you went exactly there because I was just about to vocalize everything you just said when you picked it up and ran with it. Let's be clear. Comic comic book heroes today are the are are the myths and legends of you know our, our ancestors. I mean, sure. literally, we're just inventing these characters with these problems that we can write solutions for but they exemplify characteristics or they reflect our you know it's 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 very cool today all the comic books you know that that all the superheroes are very human right it's Mm -hmm. almost too human like oh he's got a broken heart and he has depression or he's an alcoholic or you know she's you know she's you know she's got she's got an issue with with confidence you know or um you know respect or you know equality Mm -hmm. and and these things you know just reflect our our, you know, 
the, the way we're incomplete and wrong and, and kind of do things bad and, and we recognize it, but we don't have good solutions for, but these characters we can, we can write about and give solutions to and yeah. exemplify what we hope for. Yeah. Um, and they did the same thing back in the day. You know, we, you know, they, they wanted somebody to come in and, and, and solve the, you know, solve the problem of the day. Well, and even some of these comic book characters like Thor are actually taken from real life, not real life, but like actual mythological characters. But then just as you just said, they are humanized. Thor is not a guy that just sits on high and shoots down lightning every now and then. Uh, he has problems. Now, I will admit, for the course of this discussion, I am not a big comic book person. It's not that I don't like them. It's just that I never really read them as a kid, so I don't have the background. Chewy is much, much more knowledgeable about that. Uh, I know what I know of a lot of these cases. I have yes. to admit, from movies, and I know that today's movies and the reboot of Spider-Man and all that are not exactly as they're portrayed. They're not as pure as the comic books. But whether they're being portrayed by the movies, or whether being they're being portrayed in the comic books, you still have my understanding is you still have that, that humanization because we want to kind of see them in this light and we want them to deal with these with these issues and with these problems uh, as a person like us would, but that person also has all these other abilities. So, And a lot of times those abilities don't even really help. They get in the way. Your life, You think your life is miserable as a teenager. Well, now you're rogue and you can't even actually have human contact and that that in and of itself her ability her curse in one sense and her ability in another is actually an extension of her problems whoa her mind equals blown so thoughts by jack handy so uh so that's theros block (laughs) i think we just i think we just Wrote the whole block right there. Can it, ship it. We got it. So we got Spider Man and Next. Rogue and yeah. Thor in Theros block. Yeah. Right. So it looks like Stibbs is moving into the command tower at just the right time. <laughs> All right. start happening. Quick, quick. Organic or, or manufactured webs? Ooh. Since they're going the god <sighs> route, it'll probably be organic, and that's terrible. Yeah. Well, speaking of a good time for Stibbs to move into the command tower. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, Dragon's Maze, and that's all I got. So good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Dragon's Maze. So the way the flavor, flavor. Mike, you seem to be a bit of an expert on flavor. You want to plug anything before we move on? Oh right. Um, I was a guest host on a recent episode of. Card Advantage, was it number 23? I think it was. I just approved a comment where someone was like, Mike was awesome on here! So, I think it said 23. I'll go oh, that's up. good to hear. <laughs> but yes, I was a guest on Card Advantage, and the episode was all about uh, flavor and um, the magic storyline and the world setting and all kinds of great stuff like that and clues and... Uh, oh, darn it. I'm bad at names for people that I've only talked to once. Uh, There's Clues, John, and Rich. Rich. Was was John not there? No, he was not. No, John was not there. Yeah, so Clues and Rich. Yeah, they came up with some really good discussion points, and we had a really nice time. Sweet. 
So you can find that over on MTGcast. It's uh, Card Advantage number 23, Who's Got the Fever? And I posted that uh, the 30th. So whenever that was. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yes. The, the flavor of Dragon's Maze is... Okay, admittedly, I don't actually read can, anything. Can I do the flavor? Sure, please do. Is right, it like so strawberry banana? <clears throat> no, this is the flavor uh, of Dragon's Maze. So Niv-Mizzet is a hillbilly, and he decided that they're going to have a good old-fashioned uh, mud wrestling race to determine who's going to be uh, county commissioner uh, of the plane of Ravnica. And is so he's invited all the, other clan, all the other clans and all the other podunks are, are coming on down with their with their biggest wrestlingist raciest uh, guy from the clan, and they're all going to have a big old hoedown to see who's going to be on top. <laughs> there are so many things there. My mind is, like, literally, like, imploded, like, uh... For me, that's that's actually a very effective explanation. I like that. <laughs> Here's so my... Is this Greco-Roman mud wrestling? I'm confused. No, mud wrestling. There's a difference. I, I, oh, just, okay. needed, I just needed a, a counterpoint to the, to the super high-level philosophy that you know, we, we rewarded anyone who was expecting more Honey Boo Boo references. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Yay. Red, red <laughs> or whatever she says. Uh, I don't uh, feel so good anymore. <laughs> so here, here's my question. What is your so, question? So according to the story, Niv-Mizzet has uncovered this maze, and it's the implicit maze, and it runs through Ravnica, and it runs through all the gates of all the guilds, and so he, he, and whoever makes it through has some sort of incredible power and can rule over Ravnica. So you're Niv Mizzet. So, so I'm, so you're, and, uh, why do you tell the other guilds about it? Hey, I just discovered all this power. This is awesome. And I can send my guy, or I, the, I think there's a good reason why none of the parents themselves are running this because they don't want to die. Because they don't want to die. <laughs> Notice how it, you know, hey, there's a great power at the end of this. You might want to send someone else to go get it for you. <laughs> but then why do you tell everybody about it? And the only conclusion I can come up with is either it's just, no offense to wizards, but it's kind of shoehorning it in, or I think more likely there's some reason why he needs all of them to be involved. There, it, he can't well, just yeah. send this person through, an al- through it alone. Um Getting all of them to participate is, in and of, it, of itself, some key to the maze. I get a it feeling it's some sort of Goblet of Fire-esque binding magical contract or something. Yeah, it, it, it has to be something like that. I mean, uh, Niv-Mizzet, being who he is, like he's really not that interested in power. So he isn't doing this to try to rule the plane. He probably doesn't care too much who ends up ruling the plane. He's doing this because... For all the other stuff that he's been working on, yeah, it's part of his experiment, and now he's figured out that this is what he needs to to set off the last step, to set off the last to, to set off the last reaction. So this Ooh. is lighting the fuse, as it were. Yeah, yeah. But if it was just as simple as just sending somebody through it and winning, he wouldn't. He wouldn't just tell everybody. He would no. just send a couple yeah. of his own guys through. But he has to get all of the guilds participating somehow. Yeah. The, because it, the, because the, it has missing, the, the magical connection between the guilds. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the, the the missing piece to to all of this is that um, Doug Byer, um, one of the one of the creative guys um, at Wizards, has been writing these um, these novellas 
uh, these magic novellas available on, um, you know, uh, Amazon, um, The Secretist. So part one is kind of like, you know, kind of tied a little bit to Return to Ravnica. Part two is Gate Crash related, but really it's, it's their, their own stories. Um, uh-huh. it's one interconnected story that kind of leads up to why, um, why the implicit maze is, is happening the way it is and, and what they're doing about it. So, um, the, the, the reason, the reason that, that it has to happen this way is kind of spelled out there. Um, and I don't think we'll have that piece until the third novella comes out, um, close to Dragon's, closer to Dragon's Maze. Ah, okay. And uh, so, they're they're available for download anytime, and they're pretty cheap. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't read a single one, but I've been selling my house, so I'll get to that later. I have Hello. heard uh, at least three or four people mention that they were really good, and admittedly, uh, Doug Byer has written the only good magic novel in recent memory, which was the uh, the Shards of Alara and Alara, no, not Shards of, yeah, yeah, the Alara, Shards of Alara. Unbroken. Alara Unbroken. Which was the, the collection of short stories, right? Which was the... No, that's uh, something else. What is What am I thinking of, damn it? <laughs> the good one, yeah. The good one. The collection, the of, one short, that, the collection of short stories was for Shadow. That was Shadow Moore. That was like a thousand years ago. What the hell? Uh, Alara Unbroken, the reason it was it feels like a bunch of short stories is because it was following like six different plot lines. Yeah. And the plot, like each chapter was short enough to, to read but not you know, short enough to not get done what it needed to get done. It jumped around a lot. It jumped Trump. around a lot, but it was never that hard to follow. No. And and it, it, it all tied together nicely at the end, which is something that I appreciated. Yeah. It was the last one before the Teeth of a Coon, which was not great. We, we have said many times that the Teeth of Akum and the, the Quest for Karn were miserable, the and you should quest, not waste your time reading them. The Quest and, for Karn was <laughs> the quest to get through the book. And, uh, I, I, love, the I love reading. I was an English major in college. I still do some creative writing from time to time. Hey, I have an announcement about that too later. Um, but... I couldn't. Mm, mm. All respect to other writers and their craft, but I couldn't get through these. I got through all of them, but <laughs> so yes. But let's not focus on the ones we didn't like. Doug Bear, good, awesome, great. Yeah. Need to read them. They're they're cheap, and I just haven't taken the time to do it. So. I don't have a Kindle. Is that a problem? I want a Kindle for free. You, you, you there's a Kindle reader app for for Chrome for Windows. I mean, you can just oh, read really? it anywhere. Yeah. That's cool. Just have to have a Kindle account with yeah. Amazon. Hey, I can get it on my mom's Kindle. She has a Kindle. You have an iPhone. I have an i. Is that a Kindle? That's not a Kindle. No, but you can get apps on there, right? Now I don't know how easy it is to read a whole book on an iPhone. Sounds kind of miserable. <laughs> I've, I've read I've read, read um Ari Salvatore novels on my iPhone. It's fine. That's impressive. Wow. That's do, cool. do you poop a lot? I mean, that's a personal question. Do you Are those, those Game of Thrones movies or, or, or books? Well, I'm sorry, I'm uncultured. I haven't read any of them. But well, uh, R.A. Salvatore was um, uh, uh, Song of Fire and Ice. Or it, damn it! What? Like Forgotten Realms and stuff. Thank you. Yeah, he, he writes about oh, gotcha. and, and all Driz, that. Yeah, that. Thank you. The, the Dark Elf. Damn it! I couldn't I think knew, of his name. I knew that I had heard his name before, and I've been in that section of Barnes and Noble many a time. Um, <laughs> Not reading. I would, Mike. You would be so upset. This is just going to take a sec. I'm in Barnes and Noble the other day, uh-huh. just killing some time, 
And um, I head back. I'm in the fantasy fi- fiction section, and there are two boys, teenagers, and they are talking to each other kind of loud in the anime section. And I, I look over, and the one is saying, "If you point to any anime up at manga, is it called manga? I yes. up, up, yeah, up okay. here, I, I will, I can tell you what it is and what it's all about." And the guy's like, really? I don't think you can. He's like, well, as long as it's action, I can tell you all about it. So the other one looks through and pulls one out. And I glance over out of the side of my eye to see which one it is. And the other guy, the, the boasting one, stares at it for a second and says, well, I don't know that one, but the animation, the, 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 the art looks really bad. So I don't think it's very good. And the other one's like, really? I've never heard of it either. But I guess it's not that great. And they put it back up on the shelf. And... Uh-huh. I went to another section. It's called uh, Akira. I would have died if I saw I th- that happen. I think you would have probably. Like in a bad way. Him. I would have died in a bad way. Yeah. They oh, didn't Lord. think it was good because the art was bad and they didn't bother. So I don't even know that much about that culture and I know what they were talking about. All the miserable, uneducated things you could say in public. Well, they were in a Barnes and Noble, and they knew I was there, but they didn't care. So, <laughs> so they're nerds standing in the anime and manga section. What the <laughs> heck is wrong with them? Quit being a bad nerd. <laughs> if you're gonna be a nerd, do it right. So, Dragon's Maze. Sorry, I just I, that that actually happened like a couple of weeks ago. I kept thinking I needed to bring it up, and then we didn't record, and then you know. Dark had a baby, and Chelsea watched, so I don't know. Um, so Dragon's Maze. So yeah, so there's going to be a whole lot of new legends, because all the guilds are picking their champions and sending them into the maze, and there's going to be a lot of them. Like ten. Like ten. That's a lot of legends at rare instead of mythic. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, and a small set, too. Yeah. Oh, right. This is a small set. Hey, yeah. how about that? We haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> between between Avacyn Restored, which was a large set, and M13, and Return to Ravnica, oh, my God, the last four sets have been large sets. Yeah, we've had an entire year of large oh, set releases, basically. Yeah. It's going to be kind of nice. As much as I love large sets, because they're really interesting to draft and, and stuff, uh, Breath of fresh air, maybe, perhaps, a little bit. It's going to be weird to buy a box and actually get an appreciable percentage of all the cards in the set. Huh. <laughs> How about that? So, yeah. So they revealed one of them. Yeah, they, well, they revealed the names of all of them at, uh... What is that place? PAX East. PAX East. Uh, the only thing of note that I know... The Arcade... Expo. Expo? Yeah. The only thing of note that I noticed was Tesa is is still there. And for some reason, I don't remember who it was that was talking about this. It might have been Brian, or it might have been someone that I just pretend was Brian. But somebody pointed out that I thought that Ravnica, Return to Ravnica happened like a long time after the original Ravnica. But it turns out, apparently not, because Tesa's still around, and she's not dayed. Yeah, that was one of the things that we couldn't figure out, because none of the um, characters that we knew about... None of the characters that we knew about at the time, like a, a while ago, uh, were were the types who were persistent from 
previous Ravnica to current Ravnica were the types of creatures that had a normal human lifespan. But I do remember hearing about Tasa from some other source a yeah. while ago, and that she was still alive. So that's how yeah. we knew that it happened sometime, that the span was sometime within the range of a human lifespan. Stibbs, do you have any sort of insight on this? Yeah, it's my understanding from um, the the panel. Um, they at, at PAX Prime back at like Labor Day time um, last year. They they had a pan- creative panel, and I believe the answer is about thirty years. Okay. Since the guild pack's been broken, because Nivnizit came back and he's been doing stuff. Um, the Thespian stage, the Carden Gate crash, they did an Arcana on it. Um, but when I saw it, when I saw the art for Thespian stage, I knew what it was enacting, and it was enacting Argus uh, Kos arresting um, Sadat, yeah, which which set off the whole breaking of the guild pact. Um, mm-hmm. So so like this, you know, that this this is like a fresh cultural tale. Like this was like a big deal when it happened, and it's like it's been like one generation effectively. So like there, yeah. it's the first. You know the, the the you know culture is moving on, but like that's why this is all happening now is like the new generations not, you know, not under the the same guise, I guess, of the the magical guild pact. Right. But um, yeah. If you look up the if you look up the panel, um, one of that was one of the questions was like what, you know, how long or you, you know it came up in in the in the uh, the questions they asked at the end of the panel. Okay, so that's that's long enough for you know some of the older characters to die off or or to be picked off or anything. But someone like Tessa, who literally works for a guild that controls the souls of Ravnica, um, both literally and figuratively, would probably have a way to extend her own lifespan. Especially since, other than the Obsidat, she's the single most powerful figure in the church. So. And I get the feeling she was relatively young anyway the first time around. Yeah, I got that feeling too, back in the day. But so now she's still spry enough to run through the maze. Run the maze. But the one that they have shown is ridiculous. Ah. He is Rurik Thar the Un... Is that Unbowed? Unbowed? Unbowed. Unbowed. Oh, it is Unbowed. unbowed. Okay, so what that means he didn't he didn't bow, right? Right. Okay. That's correct. Uh, he's not gonna let the man keep him down. Yeah, cause he's got he's he's got an axe for a hand. He's he's an axe hand. That's racist. He is a legendary ogre warrior for four a red and a green, and he's a six six with vigilance and reach for six. You guys remember back in the day when the vanilla test would have been like that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Rurik Thar the Unbowed attacks each turn if able, so that's that's cool. He's got vigilance and reach, so you don't really care, you know. He can still stand in the way. But this last ability is ridiculous. Whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, Rurik Thar deals six damage to that player. Bam! <laughs> and though it's true, yes, that means you, it also means... Your opponents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and is since huge. you're the one that put him in your deck, surely you're not going to take too much from him. Well, all yeah. you need to do is play him and then just keep attacking. Uh, this lets you continue to use your Blood Rush creatures uh, as pseudo spells that don't actually, you know, hurt you. So you still get the combat tricks, even if nobody else does. Or even if they get it, they take six to the face. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, a single kill spell means that he hit them once, so that's fine, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then if you find a way to get him back, you know, even better. Uh, he's gruel, obviously. He wants to smash. He reminds me a little bit of the Burning Tree Shaman, who was the 3-4 for 3 in the original Ravnica that whenever a player activates an activated ability other than the mana ability, dealt 2 or 3 to that player. I thought and it was just... Was it 1? that much? Maybe it was just 1. But it, it's, one, it's one of those things where it's like over and over again. And um, Whenever whenever a player activates a non-mana ability, that player is dealt one damage. Yeah, it is it's dealt one. one. Okay. So it's, it's amazing one. commander. You Just like the guy who has all the cool the cool buttons and knobs they like to throw, you're like, yeah, I'm playing this guy. Go. <laughs> so even, even though it's just one damage, it adds up so fast. Plus he's a 3-4 three, for three. So kind of have the same sense of like, and, and he hurt you, right? It was player. Yeah, it says so, player. Yeah. So it's, it, to me, it's, the, it's it has the same feeling of like we're gonna play fair, really, really. Oh, and here's what I think is fair. So, and in the meantime, I'm smashing you, big smash every time. Can't wait to see what the others do. But yeah, so every guild gets a new legendary creature. That's hot. What you think about Rurik Thardar, Stibbs? He he's he's stupid awesome. Like you know, for for I've been looking for a gruel deck for a while, and I haven't really liked like Baborgimos and and some of the other options. And like this is like the commander for a gruel deck for me. Like I'm gonna play him, and when you go to mess with him, because you are gonna go mess with him, uh, you're gonna get zapped. Yeah, and it's, and it's a subtle way of, of discouraging players from playing counter spells unless they absolutely need to. Um, he's really cool with um, with things like uh, um, uh, um, oh, gosh, yeah. Trying there, there's there's um, I'm trying to think if it's an equipment or an aura. Um, when the enchanted creature deals damage, like you get something. Like those types of effects. Um, saboteur, sort of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, saboteur is usually like on combat damage. Um, but um, what, what I really like about him is that he's defensive. Is that the is that um, the like the the reach aspect? It's like there are all these other flying dragons around, and when you're cruel, you're kind of a little short on like dragons per se because you want to cast like your red green stuff and a lot of green guys, and you know basically you get like a six six that that is still a dragon. You know, he still he still gets to fight the other dragons, but you know he does you know he does stuff in the meantime. I don't know, I'm excited for him. Like, I can't wait to build a deck around him. Very cool. He's yeah, got I, that I, uh, big beefy arm there coming out of the back of his head. I like the <laughs> new Borborygmos myself, but that he's very much a build around me card. Like the the deck I had ready for him literally was just waiting for him to show up. But it it was very specific in what it wanted to do. And it was kind of hard for me to build because the rest of the gruel cards didn't necessarily want to have anything to do with it. So I had to take it in kind of a different direction. Whereas he, this guy actually, you know, says, yeah, come on, let's party. Hey, red and green. So. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be hard for me to. <laughs> Pick a guild for Dragon's Maze. 
Jeez. Like, I, I know I want to play one of the red ones, except, is it? Because that's stupid. <laughs> but I am hoping, yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be really hard to pick between. Rakdos and Gruul especially, but also Boros. I may have to go Simic in honor of Dirk, since unless something, you know, unless something really changes, I doubt he'll be able to make it, mm-hmm. you know. So in memory of Dirk, I'll probably have to go Simic. <laughs> if not, maybe I'll go Is it? Even though that's just a, dumb. Because it's a bad idea. Way to go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Gauntlet has been thrown. So, speaking of the pre-release, they've shown us what the pre-release card is going to be. And remember, this is back in the day version of the pre-release card where everyone gets the same one and no, you can't play it, comma, you idiot. This image you sent is interesting because it's typeset all wrong. Yeah, I noticed that too, but if if you'll check the, the Arcana, which is right here, it's got them listed in a way that's not stupid. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that too when someone sent it to me. I was like, what in the hell? So who wants to read The Maze's End? I, I would like to read it the primary reason because I mentioned how I mentioned something about creative writing. Julia wrote an article about this preview card for the website. Whoa. It's actually a two part article and I've written the first part. I know, you know, actual bonus content for the site, but when it gets I was gonna to say, pre- when was the last time we had content? When it gets to be preview season, we like to throw up a couple things, like when Innistrad came out, or was it Dark? When Dark Ascension came out, we had the strategy article about the Grave uh, Grave Crawler. We talked about flip card, uh, transform cards when they came out. We've just all been a little busy, but this card inspired me. So, uh, Mazes End. It's the end of the maze. It's uh, a land, and it's mythic. It is not legendary. This card does not say lots of things. <laughs> but it, what it does say is it enters the battlefield tapped. You can tap it to add a colorless to your mana pool. And then is the relevant ability. <clears throat> Pay three, tap, return maze's end to its owner's hand. Search your library for a gate card. Put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. If you control ten or more gates with different names, you win the game. I love the or more. That's weird. Well. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. Huh. I guess that gives them the ability to print more gates in the future. Kind of makes me glad that they didn't put the gate ability, the gate type on other random lands, just like somebody mentioned Rogue's Passage, just because it makes it a little more unique right now. Kind of like Locusts, before they printed a million other Locusts. And by a million other, I mean Glimmer Post and The The other one. So, so what this does, obviously, it kind of reminds me of Thawing Glaciers, which... Mike taught yeah. me just how good thawing glaciers can be. Oh, yeah. um, and we hate him for it. This is kind of nice because you can actually... You, you, something about thawing glaciers, um, you can't replay it that turn, can you? Or um, It's, it's so. difficult because thawing glaciers bounces itself during the cleanup step. Right. So this you can actually... If you've got some sort of defense in hand, if, going so you don't have to be 
holding up lots of mana, or if you're holding up lots of mana for fogs or whatever, you can actually replay the maze, like activate the maze, bounce it back to your hand, and then replay it as your land for the turn, and just keep using the fetch ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so for more detail about I'll let everybody else have their say, but I'm actually going to be quiet now because Lies. I wrote an article about it, and there's another one coming. The first article, I will say, is about building a standard deck using it, not meant to be competitive, but because I, I thought I would hit, hit standard, and then I actually originally thought, then I'll go to Legacy, and then I'll do Commander, and I and I revised it, and I thought, by the time I'm done talking about standard and Legacy, I've talked about all these cards already. So I'm just talking, the first one is standard, and the second one is Commander. Um, the second one's taking me a little longer to write, just because Commander. Because Commander, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys talk amongst yourselves. Pretend told, I'm not here. Told you they were lies. There have uh, been um, so so many times where I really wished I could just go ahead and tap throwing glaciers for mana. <laughs> I have witnessed many of those times myself. <laughs> like it's like and and I'll do and then damn it I'm one short. Why don't you tap for mana throwing glaciers and we all chuckle in Mike's general direction for being bad at this game. Yep. Yeah, that's my that's my moisture tap for mana too. <laughs> I gotta do is play Herborg. Come on, y'all. Okay, fine. <laughs> like everyone else, I uh, I like. That's weird. That. I still haven't gotten uh, thawing glaciers to go in my um, Volrath deck yet. That's weird. Isn't hmm? That is a little weird, actually. You all right? You gonna make it? <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Uh. I really like this. I think the 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 thing that needs to be pointed out about the alternate win is that you win right then, like if you meet the conditions. There's no upkeep or end of turn. No, it's when you activate it the last time, uh, you win. Yeah. But I don't actually see it as a win condition card. I see it as a reusable, like mana fixing card. Like I really want to get one of these for my if I ever rebuild the damn thing progenitus deck, mm-hmm. because why not? Like you said, it's throwing glaciers, but mm, I might win. Probably not. Yeah. And uh, I mean, being restricted to gates is a pretty serious restriction. But hey. not me. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're only. Ain't no thanks. It's, it's 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 only it's only going to blank itself after you've gotten, you know, all of the gates out of your deck, <laughs> which is probably more than just a few. If you're if you're playing this. Probably. Oh, I don't know. And even then, it doesn't blank itself because it still makes mana. I mean, even in a three-color deck, there's, what, six gates? Is that right? Yeah. So, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I... I think as an alternate win condition, it's kind of silly. Uh, and but someone's going to win with it, and it's going to be the greatest story ever for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but... Other than that, I think it's just going to be a semi-useful uh, card in people's binders that they'll be like, oh, huh, I should probably throw some gates in this deck so I can use this. Eh, why not? And then eventually probably not even that. I really like the gates. Like, a lot. Yeah. I, I have a quick tangent about the gates. I, I was so excited when I saw a common, you know, comes-into-play-tapped dual lands 
Yeah. Um, and then I was really frustrated because I have a pomper cube, and so I only had half of them with Return to Ravdica, and I had to wait for Gatecrash to be able to <laughs> add the other ones. Damn it. <laughs> And I was like, and somebody was like, well, why don't you just, like, you know, add the other ones? Like, you know what they're going to be called. And I'm like, yeah. Or, you know, I could just, you know, be an adult and wait a few months to have them. <laughs> nah. Man, it, you know, wow. I, You know, waiting. Who does that? Not magic players. Not easily. <laughs> or I'm speaking for myself. Is my Pop-Tart done yet? Oh, you have to wait. Uh, 30 seconds is too long. <laughs> Modern technology is such a bitch. Like, when I go to load a website and it's like not like click done, I get so I'm like, come on. We have been preconditioned to have no patience whatsoever. I really worry about Sam and Sam's generation. Of course, she's only two, so she isn't supposed to have patience. She sees something she wants, and she, she'll she just keep repeating it over and over again. I need that. I need that. I need my purse. I need that. Daddy, I need that. I need that. I need that. Don't you hear me? I clearly need that. Need that. Need that. <laughs> and mm. it turns out, actually, no, he doesn't hear her because self-defense mechanism, he's had to shut her out. <laughs> now, once she gets to the age where she's allowed to use technology like that, and she actually learns that no... I can actually get things instantaneously. It's all over. <laughs> like, I get irked when I try to send a text, and it's like, sending. Sending. Done. I'm like, really? Come on! <laughs> you guys remember when we used to have to wait, like, two hours to get, like, a 30-second clip of something? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I remember, you know... Starting up a download of something is like uh, six hours. I'm like, all right, going to bed. <laughs> is that all? Yeah. Back in the day, we had to make our own internet by hand. Sometimes you had to churn it. And man, if you've ever had to churn internet, let me tell you, boy. <laughs> Uphill, in the snow, both ways. Both ways. <laughs> oh, man. So we don't really someday, have anything else to talk. Oh, you someday dirt. soon I'm gonna I'm gonna say when I was your age and I'm gonna instantly stop and punch myself. Oh, oh, dude! I said that at work. To uh, I work with a couple of guys who are like 21 and 22, and <clears throat> that that's a 10 year difference. And at one point they were complaining about something to do with like phones and and pictures or some something. Akira. I think I think Akira, yeah. <laughs> I think it actually might have been something kind of dirty now that I think about it. But uh, they were complaining about it. And I'm like, you know, when I was your age, and I stopped because they both just turned and looked at me like they were waiting on somebody wise and old to say something. And I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. (laughs) But then they went to to lunch today and they brought me back a Cheerwine float. So I guess we're even. But you could have dropped some wisdom on them, Chewie. No, I was just going to complain about what spoiled little bastards they were. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, when I was your age, we used to have to, I don't know, if we wanted to see a girl naked, we had to work for it instead of just, send me a pic, lol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go, lol. Don't show anybody, wink, wink. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we anyway. actually had to be polite. 
Uh, Remember, kids, if you want porn, you have to be polite. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, Stibbs, if you don't mind my asking, how old are you? I forget. Dinosaur. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> I'm like 30. Do what? Like 20, I'm like 29, I guess. 28. Oh, like so okay. You're you're one of those youngins, too. Really? It's actually oh. a little younger than that. Mike, how old are you? I'm a, I'm, I'm 28 right now. Okay. That awkward um was him doing the math. Don't let him lie. He had well, that, that, was, that was me deciding whether to say 28 or 29 in a few months, or almost 29, or some variant of any of those three things. Oh, okay. I'm 32. Screw all of y'all. You know, when I was your age, <laughs> we did podcasts was, about, uh, let's see, what well, set was out then? I know what you weren't doing, because you were never playing. Oh, <laughs> I was polite when I wanted something. <laughs> That's why I'm single. So, uh, there is one more thing to talk about. Uh, the You Make the Card happened. Enchantment one. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. We appreciate it. I hope you all have something terrible befall you. Enchantment voters. Oh, were you a lander? Were you a lander? You, you mean, was I the correct side? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clearly, that's why it won. Oops. <laughs> but Enchantment won. Now we're voting on color, but this won't go up until the vote's done. So, hey, what color did everybody uh, end up with? We don't know yet. I voted for black. Because I want to see an enchantment, something around one or two black mana, that says, at the beginning of Europe Keep, Search target, play, search target opponent's library for a card and exile that card, then that player shuffles it. I want to see that on an enchantment. So you want the, like, just grief card? Like, I want the, do you have awesome things in your deck? Not anymore! I, I, I have been wanting to build the black mill deck forever. And it doesn't have... I mean, winning one cranial extraction at a time doesn't always work very well. So that's what I want to see. I'm I'm perfectly happy with seeing something else, but that's why that's the entire reason that I voted for black. And we'll see if if we get another color. And if we get black I'll take it as a sign and I'll be like, yay. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's more thought than I put into most things that I vote for. Ooh He actually will be like yay. What color did you vote for, Chewy? I actually didn't yet, but I'm probably going to go either black or red, because it's me. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what sort of ability I would actually... Oh, elbow! I would actually... Mm, ow. What sort of ability I would actually like enough to see for that. And I don't know. So I haven't voted yet. Vote early, vote often. Uh -uh. This should make a grand enchantment that turns every creature into Tarmogoyf. Then everybody's happy. You get a Tarmogoyf, and you get a Tarmogoyf, and you get a Tarmogoyf. I'm silly. Yeah, you are. Is there... Oh, history, there it is. Aha. Uh -huh. Sorry. I was trying to find something else to talk about later. And I was doing it at a highly inappropriate time. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> hey, buddies. <laughs> Hello. Is Mike back yet? I don't know. Did Mike go somewhere? He, uh... He said, 
Somebody's calling oh, me. Oh, telephone. Ma- I was wondering what that was. I thought I missed that. That was from earlier. I've been trying to work a uh, call me maybe now. joke in there for a while now. That's so. not going to happen. Because, <laughs> you know, jokes have to be funny. You see, that's the point. Ow. So that was why that wasn't a joke. My bad. But is he... Is he uh-huh. I thought I heard him. Thank you for that, Stibbs. Hey, Mike, what color are you going to vote for? Um, or did you vote for? Or whatever, since it's over I, by the time anyone hears this. I, I haven't done it yet. I'm probably going to pick red. Yeah? Yeah. Because red nice. enchantments are usually crap. <laughs> well, hey, there, there is um, sulfuric vortex. Yeah, but usually. But usually, yeah. We could use a good red enchantment. I mean, I know that's because... Um, Red just isn't an enchantment color in many ways, but still. All right. Well. So, do we have any other news, or should we shift down to final thoughts? Did you I want like to I definitely dodged asking me what I was going to vote for. Well, I was uh, afraid that you would start. Oh, but by the time the col- land isn't the color. So. Yeah. So, and I was well, also what? afraid you turn it into some sort of anti-land, anti-enchantment propaganda machine. So I didn't want. What to- color would you vote for? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, I, I'm kind of a toss-up between white and green. I think white has, um, I think white has a bad rap for having only like annoying or you know kind of prisony type enchantments. I'd really like to see like a cool, fun, you know, like, like let's set a rule, but like a rule where like everybody like draw, you know, everybody gets a, a draw step at the end of the turn. Hmm. You know, or, or you know, I guess it's kind of like a Howling Mind variant, but like, but like, like something it, like that where where you change the rules, but it's like not in an annoying, obnoxious way for everyone else. It's it's in a way that like helps everyone. Like a group hug, sort of. Yeah, like yeah, like like a positive um, rule change, or um, you know, like I really like there's um there's this enchantment that was in uh, Magic 2010, this green one where whenever an opponent casts a spell, you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature, bam, you get it. Lurking predators. Lurking predators. I want to see like a twist on that, like or, or something like that, where where you get some sort of like helpful, helpful, hard to deal with permanent, but for green. Hmm. Cool. That would be nice. Or something that turns this card into a land. Ha ha ha! I actually did see um one um one of the authors on Star City wrote a column about card ideas for you make the card and he actually went over all sorts of things like ideas he had for creatures etc and he had one really interesting idea for a land which was a land um i can't remember if it under the battlefield tapped i think it probably did you could tap it for a colorless mana or you could pay four and tap it and turn another land into a copy of this land so it's kind of it's, it's a good way to deal with annoying other lands, but you're not actually setting them back mana-wise. So it's like, okay, I'm going to take your... Uh, what's a really annoying land? Your um, uh, Maze of Ith and turn it into this thing. And you still... Guess what, Mike? Your Thawing Glaciers can tap for a mana now. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then they, you know, because they now have the land, they can do it back to you or they can do it to somebody else. And it's like this desert that kind of spreads everywhere. So I thought that that honestly was one of the most creative ideas for land that I had seen in a long time. So um 
Before we do final thoughts, did we want to do that other thing, or were we going to shelve that other thing for next time? It's already 9.30. Okay. I just like to do those with, with guest hosts, but it will be sh- consider it shelved. Yeah. So, how about some final thoughts? We have, sort of have to start with Mike, or else Mike forgets. So, final yeah. thoughts, Mike? Uh, I did want to point out that if you'll notice in the achievement list, there's one that says complete the sealed campaign. <laughs> I may have, in fact, picked up on that. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure everyone had noticed. So, Wait, where's uh, that? While you guys talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the list of, of, of Steam achievements. It's this one that says sealed campaign. Anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, there was one of the April Fool's articles on the Mothership that I really enjoyed. I really, really liked the Challenge Flags article. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> it was a really cool idea. And it's something that I could half see um, uh, happening. You know, the you know some of the funniest jokes are the ones where you can actually imagine what's going on. It had some bit of... Um, Responsibility to it. And I just really like the idea of having these uh, limited challenges and, and that system and actually being a, being allowed to throw flags everywhere. And I don't know. So it's got, sometimes it's hard to explain why something is funny. Do, do you just want to be able to jump up like a coach and just scream and throw something? Playing magic. That would help sometimes. <laughs> And, and and not be penalized for throwing something. <laughs> I wonder if there they could have a, a magic equivalent of icing the kicker. <laughs> and then that would really piss everyone off, and eventually they would make a rule, hopefully, where you can't do that anymore. For God's sake, NFL. Okay, in response. Wait, got to Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Get a judge to walk up and be like, time! <laughs> Would this be like games rule violation, giving them the business? <laughs> uh, we don't speak judge here. Damn it, Clues. We don't speak judge here. Sorry. I'm okay. I'm not okay. Yeah, that wasn't a very good final thought, but that's the one I had. Oh, fair enough. How was your, uh, <clears throat> your uh, what is that thing? Your Grixis deck going? You, have you been to any more tournaments? I haven't actually spoken to you outside of the show in like a year. No, so far I've only been able to make it to two FNMs. The last um, several weeks just haven't been good for it. Brian invited me to come out to Lucky's um, last, not last Friday, but the Friday before. But Thomas was visiting, so yeah. I stayed in. I was going to try and go to Friday Night Magic because I knew it was going to be the last time in several weeks I was going to able to going to be able to go because family being in town several weeks in a row. I didn't end up going either, so that's okay. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I didn't um, go either. And I didn't have a deck ready to go, and I called them. They did have some of the new event decks, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't mind getting one at one point if I want to, but I don't really feel like I need to spend $25 to play, and since I'm in the middle of moving, all my stuff is boxed up. Most of my stuff is boxed up. Hmm. Alright then, well how about you there, Mr. Guest Host Stibsy Guy? Um, 
My lawyer has advised that I should have no comment. <laughs> no, the uh, you, you know what what I think really um, really the only thing I want to say is um, I, I think right now Magic is doing so well, and it's doing it in ways that are so much better than before. You know, like like I remember when I when I saw a tournament pack, and they were called tournament packs. Um, of Mercadian masks, and on the back there's an advertisement saying that the World Championships were going to be on ESPN too, and I thought it was just like, wow, that's amazing. And um, you know, I feel like we're getting, you know, we're getting closer to that type of just cultural awareness, like the recognition of what magic is and where it is and what it's doing, and it's becoming culturally relevant. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's a really cool. That's a really cool thing, you know. And and I'd like to think that I that I that I've been able to help and play a part of that, you know, running on on daily MTG. But you know, really, I, you know, I'm just you know, it feels awesome to be along for the ride. And I think uh, you know, the game's doing great stuff. So I'm just excited for for this year and everything that's in it because it's, you know, we 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 we've been back to Ravnica. We're getting a cube light limited set, you know, Modern Masters. We're we're doing Greco-Roman mythology. Um, we finally have Duels of the Planeswalkers on Android, which is a huge global market. Um, I mean, it's like you know, it, it's most of the smartphones in the world. Um, that was starters. what we forgot to mention. Yeah, so so that's 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 a BFD, and um, you know, it's just it's, there's so much going on that's awesome, that's good, that that I think I, I can't imagine anything better. You know, I'm just really excited for for what comes next. Big fuzzy dinosaur. It's purple. <laughs> sure. Ugh. Sorry. Big friendly dinosaur. That would be Stibbs. Because apparently, twenty eight is the new dinosaur. Shut up, Stibbs. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Stibbs. Yeah. I did not use the forbidden word. All right. What old? Decrepit. Ancient. I don't know what the forbidden word is other than oh, I almost had to bleep myself. <laughs> <laughs> I almost answered you. (laughs) (laughs) Or did he mean Barney? Now I do have to bleep that. (laughs) That that would be incredible. Just watching an episode of Barney where every time they say Barney, it's just bleeped out. Bleep, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's like uh, the, uh, the count singing the count song? Where every time he said the word count, it was it was bleeped. <laughs> exactly, oh, it was just, brilliant, just like that. <laughs> anyway, so is that, is that it for your final thought, there, Mister Stibbs? I, I went deep. Yeah, uh, I appreciated it. Uh, so Brian, or were yes, you, do you? I can't remember. What? What did you say? Did we do you? I can't remember. I've lost track already. I like to see the. You know, I'm so important to you that you can't remember if I've talked or not. But I talk a lot, so... Say it. Um, like I had how long your breath was. My final thought is that we sold our house. After nice. only three weeks on the market, which is ridiculous. How did that happen in this modern age? <laughs> um, I'm almost afraid to talk about it. It's not... Nothing shady went down, but... Um, <laughs> but it's about to. But... <laughs> It, it's kind of like 
I'm, I'm almost afraid to look it in the eye because, or in the mouth, so to speak, because... <laughs> if, if, if you think about it too hard, it'll stop working. Exactly. And we haven't, we haven't closed yet, so, um, but, but they made an offer, we countered, and they accepted, so we're pretty much on the road. We're in due diligence period now. Now all we have to do is figure out what house we're gonna move into. Um, and hopefully soon, because we want to continue to live somewhere. So, but that's good. So I'll continue to keep you updated, and um, I'll let you know where I'm gonna live, so you can all come over and play cards there at some point. <laughs> and I guess at some point you'll call me up to come st- take stuff out of the storage shed. That would be important too. I might call <laughs> Chewie to do that too. I do have a terrain. So what else you got, B? Was that it? That was it. Oh, okay, word. So, and I'm amazed that my computer has continued to work this long. So I know, right? It's kind of nice. So I have. Oh God, I broke it. I have a couple things. Mm-hmm. First off, I went to Pittsburgh, and it was freaking awesome. Uh, other than the the freaking snow, uh, the bad weather actually chased me home a day early because I was afraid that Philadelphia was going to happen and that I was not going to be able to get out. So instead of leaving Monday morning, all nice and early when uh, Chris left, uh, I left Saturday night at about 8. At about a six and a half, seven hour drive, should get home, you know, about 2, 3 maybe. Yeah, I got home at 4. Because when I hit 19 in West Virginia, 19 is a road that is actively trying to kill me. And when I hit 19, the road and everything out there decided that it was going to turn white. The road was white. The side of the road was white. The air was white. It was awful. That's not supposed to happen. Like, the entire everything that I could see was snow. And I sort of panicked because that's the same place where I've had my only... uh, It wasn't an accident, but I spun the hell out and could have died. Mm -hmm. Luckily, there was nothing in the median but, you know, grass. At that point, a little while later, there were these big-ass grates where if I'd hit one of those spinning sideways, I'd have probably flipped over. Huh. So, yeah, 19 is actively trying to kill me, and luckily the trucker behind me got sick of my crap and passed me, and I was just in his tracks following... Because there were no tracks. There was nothing. It was white. And it was bad. But uh, it's a good thing that he knew where he was going, because if he went over a cliff or something, I was going to truck right on with him. <laughs> But uh, I got to meet a bunch of listeners. Well, not a bunch. That was Charlotte. I got to meet a few listeners. I got to meet uh, uh, Justin and TJ, most notably. So there was this guy. He was standing, waiting for pairings to go up in one round. And he was wearing this black jacket with purple stuff on it. And the stuff was the cobra symbol with a Decepticon symbol, like, inside it. Mm-hmm. And I tapped him on the shoulder and said, excuse me, dude, your jacket is awesome. And he's like, thanks, Chewie. I was like, whoa! <laughs> and that happened to be TJ. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was kind of terrifying. <laughs> but uh, he's like, yeah, I know who you are. I was like, oh, God, what have I done? But uh, I got to meet a bunch of podcasters. Like, if Charlotte was a place I got to meet a crap ton of listeners, I got to meet a crap ton of podcasters. So I stayed with Chris, uh, Christian, from the uh, Off Color cast, and his buddy Mung. He's like, yeah, my other buddy, who's kind of shady, he's going to be staying here. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Turns out he's not actually shady. He's just, he's a little shady. And they both slept over there in that bed, uh, mostly naked, so that was kind of hot. But, uh... And they are both, like, they're both shed. There was just hair everywhere. It was awful. Anyway, anyway. 
Uh, I got to meet Norbert, uh, Jonathan Richmond, Norbert88 on Twitter. Uh, I got to meet him. He's on Jinx Titles, but we won't hold it against him. Uh, I got to meet Angelo and Will from Pit Imps. Those guys are really cool. Uh, I got to meet frickin' uh, Jason Alt from uh, Brainstorm Brewery. Damn it, I'm gonna miss someone. I missed Jason Alt on Monday Night Magic when I was going through these people. Oh, Will from Commander Cast. He's the new guy that handles Commander Cast uh, since Andy stepped down after 100 episodes. Uh, I know I'm still missing somebody, but I just I got to meet a lot of podcasters. Oh, Charlotte. There we go. Charlotte Sable from JudgeCast North, who is a judge and whatnot. From the north. And do what? From the north. From the north. Yeah, she's she's in uh, the frozen tundras of Canada. But since she was in Pittsburgh, they would not let her bring her polar bear down, so she had to leave it at home. It was very sad. Your government issued a polar bear when you uh, turn, I think it's 15, maybe 16, in Canada. I'm not real big on Canadian lore, or laws, rather. But uh, it was, They're called lures up there. They're called lures. <laughs> but that was really freaking awesome, and it was great to meet all of you and interview a bunch of people. Man, I geeked out twice. Uh, I got to, to meet freaking David Williams. The, who Okay, David Williams, the old man and I, when I still lived at home, God help me, we watched David Williams take second in the World Series of Poker main event. Uh, he lost to Greg Raymer, the guy with the stupid glasses, and we were so pissed off because he annoyed the hell out of us. Just annoyed the hell out of us, and David Williams was so cool. And we were so sad when he did not uh, win. And then I found out, like, a long time later that he was actually a Magic player, and like a good one. I was like, huh, how about that? And since then, you know, I've... Uh, been aware that he is, uh, is both a magic player and a poker player. But I'm standing there uh, talking to somebody, and he just walks past me. And I was like, David Williams! And he turned around and flashed that literally million-dollar smile. I was like, hey, how you doing? Very practiced, very very media savvy. And I asked him three questions, like I do with these things, and then I immediately called my old man. I'm like, dude, you're never going to guess who I just interviewed. He's like, who? I'm like, David freaking Williams. He's like, who's David Williams? And I just looked at my phone and shook my head, and he could hear me shaking my head. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, David Williams. David Williams. He's like, the the poker player? I'm like, yeah, the poker player. He's like, what the hell is he doing there? I'm like, he's a magic player. He's like, holy crap. And that was the extent of the conversation. Like Later, I told uh, uh, David that my old man was really uh, pumped that I got – I actually asked him the three questions. And he was like, well, tell him I said what's up. The old man got a bigger kick out of that. Cause, so the old man geeked out, actually. I didn't so much as the old man did. And then at another point on, I think I think it was late Saturday, I was like, excuse me, sir. You look really familiar, but I cannot place you to save my soul. Who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm Frank Karsten. I was like, oh, my God, Frank Karsten. <laughs> that was the point where I geeked out. And I asked him three questions, and, and it was awesome. So yay, Frank Karsten. It's like... That's why my brain wouldn't place him, because what the hell would Frank Carson be doing in Pittsburgh? He just happened to be there doing research at, the, at one of the Pittsburgh universities. So how about that? He's like, it was awful nice of them to throw a GP at the same time. I was like, well, they did it just for you, you know, which is probably true. So there's that. That was that was all great. I can't wait to start getting running through that. I've got to finish Charlotte first, and I apologize for that not being up yet, but, you know, reasons. And I feel like Stibbs. I have so much content, I have to get up all the freaking time. So, like, as soon as we get done here, I'm going to not edit last night's Monday Night Magic because Jack didn't send it to me. <gasps> and I am going to post a bunch of other shows because I'm I'm a slave to the, the network. Yay. Right. 
But uh, no, I, I I just want to chime in and say that like Frank Kirsten is like one of like my magic heroes. I know, right? He was that's really, all. really cool. And then later, so later I walk up to this table, and at the table is LSV and David Ochoa and David Williams and Frank Karsten and uh uh there there was a fifth person there and now I'm blanking on who it was because I I I had I I relayed the geek out to to David Williams about the old man and I thank Frank Karsten again for being real and being there where I could touch him <laughs> and I was like oh yeah the rest of you guys are cool too <laughs> So yeah, but anyway, so that was that was that. Uh, also, hey, you guys remember Alexander Rogachev was going to send us some Russian cards? Yes. Well, guess what came in the mail yesterday? It's Russian cards. Oh. Okay. Uh, the old man called me because I always have packages sent to my parents' house because I don't trust the mailboxes here in my apartment complex for packages, you know. The old man calls me, he's like, you're never going to guess what I got in the mail. I was like, what? He's like, I got a package for you from Russia. I was like, oh, word, they finally came in. And he was like, what in the hell? <laughs> I was like, it's a listener from Russia sending us cards. He's like, what, really? That's cool. I had to sign for it. I was like, why? He goes, because it was from Russia. I said, oh, <laughs> okay. And one of my, my coworkers who uh, has this weird Russian fetish was like, are you buying AK conversion parts? And I was like, I don't even know what that sentence means. <laughs> and yes. Oh, I'm sure you could science it out. It probably, yes. Something about, you know, illegal weaponry. Yes. But he sent us one of each basic land the uh, from Gate Crash. The, the forest and the mountain are shiny. Mm-hmm. There's a the plus four, minus four, auger or something, auger spree. Mm-hmm. There's a centaur healer, I think. Is that a 3-3 three, three for 3 that gives you 3 life? Yes. Okay, yeah. There's a stab wound. <laughs> there is the death touch uh, Rakdos person. Not Rakdos, this is Gate Crash. What the hell is this? Is this Gate Crash? What does the symbol look like? Uh, it looks like a, a U, stylized, like a horseshoe. Is that Ravnica or is that Gate Crash? I don't even know. Well, it's it's Ravnica. Okay, it's Ravnica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Centaur Healer is freaking... Okay, so Stab Wound and the, the, the Death Touch Rectos keyword person. Yeah, um... Uh, yeah, that one. Thrill Kill Assassin. Yeah. The uh, the Lure Green Guy. Mm-hmm. Golgari, um... Uh, uh, lure Guy, yeah. Was it just Golgari Decoy? Decoy. Yeah, that's the word, yeah. Uh, the spirit, the uncommon one that gives creature tokens plus one plus one. I don't know the Some, names, and they, they're not. Phantom general. Yeah. Yeah. The the zero three. I think it's a static caster. Is a static caster. Yeah. Is that a, is that a zero three? That's a zero three. Mm-hmm. Uh, syncopate, which is oddly even more intimidating in Russian. <laughs> uh, the little goblin dude who deals two damage to someone when they do something stupid. Gutter snipe. Gutter snipe. There we go. And then at the back, there's good stuff. There's a freaking slaughter games. Nice. A freaking abrupt decay. A freaking uh, Azorius. The pre uh, is this the pre-release card? What was the pre-release card for Azorius? The, the big four or five flyer. Arcana the Triumvirate. That's him. And a the the Rakdos one. Hellsteed Carnival. The, both of those are the pre. Well, I think it's just a shiny Arcana Triumvirate. And a pre-release uh, Carnival Hellsteed. Awesome. 
So, yeah, these are all really bizarre looking in, in Russian because it's, you know, Russian and they use different letters and my poor American brain can't handle it. <laughs> Clearly, because I can't remember what any of these are just from looking at them. Like, if, if I just saw the art, I could probably name off most of them. But no, yeah. there, there's words that aren't the title above them and I don't know. <laughs> but, so yeah, thank you very much there, dude. These are These are freaking cool. Yes, thank you again. I don't know what to do with them, but they're freaking cool. So we'll... I'll do something with them. Um, I had something In else. In Russia, pack chooses you. Ah! <laughs> pack two, pick three first! Anyway. Uh. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was that a while back, and I never mentioned it because I'm stupid, uh, I watched a Webisodes Network series called Top Decking. Mm-hmm. Uh, bunch of people kept sending me links to it like dude you should watch this it's really funny and they were doing a kickstarter to try to get season 2 up and running and I missed that by like a lot cause it doesn't even I don't even I think that was like months ago that it ended do 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 zero seconds to go yeah yeah it didn't even get close which is probably because I didn't you know it didn't get as close cause I didn't watch and tell people <laughs> till it was too late because I have the power, because I'm He-Man. But uh, it's called Top Decking, and it's on YouTube in the Webisodes Network. And it was it was it was pretty funny. It wasn't the bestest by any means, you know. A lot of people are like, "This is hilarious." I don't think it's hilarious, but it's really funny and worth a watch. You know, there are twelve episodes, and yeah, I'm gonna put a link. This is not the first episode. What the hell? Weird. I'm going to put a link to the first episode up on here so you guys can follow it if you so choose. But it's about a card store and a non-gamer uh, uh, girl who gets hired on at the card store and the hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, it's it's pretty good. I, I recommend everyone give it a shot. Some episodes are better than others. What's but the that's name the of it again? Top Decking. Top Decking. Oh yeah. The first episode is called... Uh, and now it's not where it was right here. Dang it, man! For some reason, the the one that I found started at episode two. Do, 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 do. Episode one is called New Frontiers. In case that helps anyone. So, yeah, go watch that. It was if you like. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. And also, uh, there is no third thing, fifth thing. However many things I'm up to, there isn't that. There aren't that many. There is not. So there's an achievement. It's a sealed campaign. Yeah, I was wondering if anybody else noticed that. <laughs> I love you, Mike. So I think we should man. probably go ahead and shoot this and let it die. So, hey, Stibbs, thanks a lot for joining us. No, thank you, guys. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to, to hang out and talk. And thanks to... Uh, well, what I'm trying to say, Chewie, is that you pleasure me. Thank I you. I do. I and, and, you know, if you live closer, I kept trying to... to uh, get you for lunch someday when I went to visit my favorite lesbians, but you were always, like, going to see about having a baby or I'm sick and dying and didn't go to work or whatever your lame excuses were. But (laughs) it was just the twice, so those were the lame excuses. But uh, now I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, uh, thanks to Tim, uh, often uh, uh, merry old England, uh, Planar Snap, 
who actually pointed out that he was listening to an episode, an old episode with Stibbs in it, and I don't know what it was about that that made Stibbs go, I need to do another episode. And I was like, actually, yes, yes, you do. So, yay. Thanks, Tim. You're the man. Now, dog. Yeah, I said it. And I'm not proud of it. It's in my head. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, we're going to call this one done. So, thank you very much to Stibbs. Stibbs, where can people find you if they so choose? I was not expecting this sign off. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as the underscore Stibbs, S T Y B S. Uh, you can find me on Daily MTG on Thursdays at Command Tower. You can find me all over Gathering Magic. And yeah, I, I think that covers it. Sweet. He has lots of hats. They're just stacked on top of each other. If you see him in public, they're just swaying. It's really kind of funny. And everyone uh, wish Dirk well and wish little Leighton a happy birthday. It's a little late because he was born while I was in Pittsburgh, right before I left for Pittsburgh. Actually, somebody else told me. Friday, the day um, that you left. Okay, yeah, because someone else told me. They're like, so I see see Dirk had a kid. And I was like, what? I pulled up Facebook, and it was like, hey, look, I got a kid. And I was like, well, I'll be damned. Or maybe I saw it on the forums. Hey, Dirk had a kid. Something. I don't remember now, but I remember I didn't discover it, and Dirk didn't tell me. Someone else told me that Dirk had put it on Facebook, and it wasn't like a buddy. It was some other random person. <laughs> maybe I think someone mentioned it on Twitter. Hey, I see Dirk had a kid. Yay, congrats, Dirk. And I was like, how do they know that? But anyway, so there's that. You can find us in all the usual places on Twitter at the Manipool. That's usually me. Uh, on uh, themanipool.com, which is where you'll find everything we ever do. Uh, we're also on MTGcast, but we're like two or three weeks behind there at all times. That's only partially by design. I only mean to be a few days behind for our show, but it always ends up being a couple weeks, because by the time I get done posting everyone else's show, I don't want to post mine anymore. So, you know. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Let me pull up this email. Okay. Uh, regarding episode 273, I have been instructed... Uh, by my lawyers, actually, not Stibbs, lawyers, to apologize to anyone who was affected by that and for all the listeners for completely screwing that up. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that, and I hope everyone... What? Oh, Scott is shaking his head at me. So, uh, no, thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.